Is our fear of saturated fat scientifically accurate? What misconceptions do we hold about healthy or unhealthy diets? Listen to Dr. Armand Guidote, Institute Director of the Philippine Institute for Pure and Applied Chemistry, interview Dr. Toby Dairit, President of Integrated Chemists of the Philippines, on his extensive studies on coconut oil, its complicated exportation history in our country, and how the food industry can benefit from investing in this resource. Pocket Lectures is a part of the Arete Podcasts Network, produced and recorded at Arete Ateneo de Manila University. This episode is brought to you by Bookmark, 75 years of Filipino bookstore. Afternoon to everyone. I am. Uh, I will be interviewing uh, Dr. Derit. I am Armand Guidote. I am a faculty member of the Department of Chemistry of Ateneo de Manila, and uh, I'm also the Institute Director of uh, the Philippine Institute of Pure and Applied Chemistry, or PIPAC. And uh, I was a former research assistant of uh, Dr. Toby Derit, so we go a long way. He is the uh, president of the uh, Integrated Chemists of the Philippines. He is a National Academy of Science and Technology academician. He was a former dean of the School of Science and Engineering. And today, we are lucky because uh, he will talk about coconut oil and the virgin coconut oil for us to know more about this issue. Salamat, Armand. And yeah, I'd be very happy to, to talk to you about mm. coconut oil, one of my favorite subjects. Mm. Let's go straight to the point, sir. Why is coconut oil uh, demonized, especially in the United States? Well, this is a long story which starts, probably starts even um, in the 1900s. Actually, when the Americans came to the Philippines, one of the first products that they, they actually uh, took advantage of was coconut oil. Because at that time, they were starting to... Um, um, use it for a lot of uh, products, such as cosmetics, uh, also for um, in food products. So there was a lot of use of coconut oil. And so, <clears throat> in fact, copra was being exported to the U.S. Uh, around nine, the mid-1920s, 1925, the American Soybean Association was established. Um, in the meantime, the export of uh, coconut oil to the U.S. Um, continued to increase until uh, World War II. Uh, during World War II, the <coughs> shipment stopped, of course, because of the, the, the Japanese. And uh, the uh, soybean uh, group uh, took advantage of that situation, and they developed uh, al- soybean as an alternative to coconut oil. As you, see, you know, coconut oil is solid in the U.S. because it's cold, um, so, but soybeans are liquid. So they started hydrogenating soybean oil. So in fact, that was the start of uh, hydrogenated um, fat, hydrogenated um, vegetable oil. Uh, when it's hydrogenated, it becomes solid, and then you can use hydrogenated soybean oil in food products. Um, so, <clears throat> and then after the war, um, they then blocked the the continued um, export of um, coconut oil to the U.S. Um, and this continued. In fact, in 1987, and if, if you visit the website of the American Soybean Association, uh, they announced there that 
19, they had this, the um, tropical fat wars that we, <clears throat> as we call them, it was really a, um, a, a um, campaign by the American Soybean Association to demonize um, coconut oil, um, as well as palm oil, in fact. But it was not based on any science. It was really just a, it was a uh, marketing campaign. Um, so there was a lot of industry <coughs> support for, the, for blocking uh, coconut oil to the US. But the, the science, scientific aspects um, of coconut oil, and this would be related to the fear of Americans for saturated fat, started in the 1950s um, with the um, entry of, uh, or the research of Ansel Keys. Uh, Ansel Keys was a very um, influential physiologist um, <clears throat> and he did some small feeding experiments. He was based in the University of Minnesota. Um, if you read his papers, he would do experiments with students, you know, maybe a three, four-week experiment, um, 20 students, and he would measure their cholesterol levels. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he had <clears throat> some of these experiments. He would compare hydrogenated coconut oil with um, other oils. And um, so the cholesterol would change. But of course, in fact, we know, now know that cholesterol levels are not accurate indicators of um, heart disease. Uh, in fact, uh, four years ago, the dietary guidelines for Americans dropped uh, cholesterol as, a, as a, a marker for heart disease. This is total cholesterol. It's not included anymore? Uh, no, not total cholesterol. Because the cholesterol levels are, uh, in fact, if you look at <clears throat> people with heart disease who die of heart disease, with heart disease and those who don't, the number is almost the same. The, it doesn't matter what your cholesterol levels are. Um, you can give an equal probability of dying for, from heart disease or not dying from heart disease for the same level of cholesterol. Uh, that's what we know now. Um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> we also know that uh, the Americans don't really take coconut oil. So if you introduce a different oil, so especially if it's saturated, the body would adjust and um, cholesterol levels would um, increase. And he took that as an indication that coconut oil causes uh, heart disease. Um, but anyway, um, there, he also made one major mistake. Um, <clears throat> he um, declared this thing about saturated fat. Uh, he claims he claimed that animal fat is saturated. Isn't that the, the com that's a common that's a common um, concept? If you have an animal fat, it's saturated. But in fact, if you do a, a chemical analysis of um, animal fat, you know, using you know chemical tools like uh, gas chromatography, it's almost half and half, almost half of animal fat is unsaturated and half is saturated. Uh, what he did at that time, and this was in the 1950s and 60s, <clears throat> was he used this classical method called iodine value to um, classify fats, whether they're saturated or unsaturated. And then he drew a line and said, you know, below this level of iodine value, then it's saturated, and above it is unsaturated. And so that's how <clears throat> he assigned 
you know, um, saturated fat to animal fat, uh, which is, in fact is not correct. So r right now, uh, based on uh, my my consultations with doctors, they really uh, tell you to avoid oils, uh, especially the saturated ones. And in fact, they encourage the unsaturated oils. Yeah, that's actually not not correct. That's what the Americans teach, and it's not accurate. And this is because of the key study. Uh, a lot of it started from the key study, but it's the um, the these uh, errors have been <clears throat> uh, handed down. Uh, to us, uh, Ansel Keys was one of the founders of the American Heart Association. So uh, the American Heart Association holds Ansel Keys in very high regard. But uh, unfortunately, his um, his um, uh, description of fats is uh, incorrect. Mm -hmm. uh, if you also look at <clears throat> his studies, he ignored the effect of trans fat. Uh, at that time, this is in the 1950s, um, they could analyze um, um, tissues and, <clears throat> uh, by, and then analyze it by gas chromatography. And they, they already knew that uh, human tissues, if, they, if the person takes in trans fat, they would end up, you'd find it in the, um, in the um, human tissues, including the arteries. And uh, <clears throat> in the 1950s, they did not know that trans fat uh, causes inflammation and causes heart disease. So in the 1950s, Ansel Keys was doing experiments which on, um, on fats which were trans fats. And of course, <clears throat> um, the cholesterol levels would increase. And so he took that as a signal that you know, this fat was not healthy. But in fact, they, were, they contained trans fats. So he made several mistakes, uh, one being his uh, definition of saturated fats and um, animal fats being saturated. And second, he ignored um, the presence of trans fats in his experiments. And third, <clears throat> um, he had very short you know, feeding studies then. Um, so, and but that formed the foundation of, of what <clears throat> what's been adopted now by the by the um, American Heart Association as its basic um, principles. But with modern science, uh, don't we have uh, new data to refute the studies of uh, keys? Well, in fact, there are, but they ignore them. So um, uh, there have been a number of studies, even recently, last year. There was a... Um, BBC ran a series uh, on on fat, and they interviewed people. But finally, they 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 commissioned a study, uh, which was done in uh, at Cambridge University. Um, they recruited about ninety five or almost a hundred <clears throat> volunteers, and these um, they fed them, I think, two or three tablespoons of either coconut oil or virgin coconut oil olive oil, and um, butter. And they compared their lipid profiles. And in that study, in fact, it came out that coconut oil had the superior um, results in terms of lipid profile, even better than olive oil, and certainly better than um, butter. So, and that's a study that <clears throat> was done in Cambridge uh, last year.
Um, there was a review in 2016 uh, by an Australian. Um, in fact, it was <clears throat> from his previous work. He was not very um, pro-coconut. But in this review, he had to, and he did a, a um, meta-analysis and a review of many studies on coconut oil. Uh, there are about eight. And he concluded that um, coconut, taken in its natural form, is, does not cause heart disease. So there are studies already that, that refute those claims. But um, I think there's the American Heart Association has too much at stake, and they will not back down on, on their um, mantra that saturated fat is uh, bad. But uh, based on your uh, analysis, why is uh, coconut oil good? And why are uh, the so-called uh, polyunsaturated uh, oils uh, not good? Well, <clears throat> first, you have the polyunsaturated oils, and this would be coconut oil. Uh, sorry, uh, polyunsaturated would be uh, canola, soybean oil, corn oil, sunflower oil. Um, you have one which is rich in uh, monounsaturated fat, that, that would be olive oil. Um, and then you have, um, <clears throat> you have animal fats, which are actually also polyunsaturated. And then you have uh, coconut oil, which is about 92% um, saturated. But most of that is, 63% um, of that is, um, is a medium-chain uh, fat. Now, first, uh, before... I answer that question. It really also depends on how you take the oil. If you take the oil as a um, cooking oil, then uh, if you heat a polyunsaturated fat, you know you fry, uh, and uh, frying means heating the oil to about you know 240 degrees Celsius. Then you convert the um, the polyunsaturated fats into free radicals and um, um, trans fats as well. So using polyunsaturated fats for cooking is definitely not healthy. So for frying, coconut oil is really the best. Now you can take coconut oil in other ways. <clears throat> as VCO, you can take it direct without, you know, in its natural form without, um, without, you know, heating or anything. Uh, you can take it in salads and it's actually good that way. Uh, you can also take coconut oil by just eating coconuts. Um, if you take coconut meat, that's about 20% uh, coconut oil. So in those forms, coconut oil is actually quite healthy. So you're saying that uh, the unsaturated oils, you fry them, they're converted into other things, which are the ones that harm us. Yes, yes, yes. So, but, but in fact, if you look at the studies, they don't feed the oils as fry, fried oils. Um, but you know, no one takes soybean oil just like that. I mean, you can take VCO by spoon. Not very many people can take it, but you can take it <clears throat> um, directly. But you don't directly take corn oil that way. You can put it in a salad. Um, so the, the tests that they often run are not uh, realistic. They don't reflect the actual consumption patterns that um, that people have when they, they take the oil. In the Philippines, we use a lot of uh, coconut oil for frying. 
So that is uh, just fine. Um, we are uh, safe, are you saying? Well, certainly. Uh, it, it's If you're going to fry, the best oil you can use is coconut. Um, now, <clears throat> unfortunately, some people would take uh, reheat the oil and use it three, four, five times, which, I mean, that one's not, not recommended. Um, given that the Philippines uh, grows uh, a lot of coconut, what is the what does the government say about this? Well, um, uh, we should do more. Uh, we haven't been as um, as uh, aggressive as we should be. Um, many of our medical profession, unfortunately, are trained by the Americans, so they believe what the uh, American Heart Association uh, says. Um, so we. Yeah, we need more um, enlightened leadership in the um, Philippine government. But uh, in your talks with the uh, high-ranking officials, uh, do you think there is a chance for them to uh, support a big study on this to refute uh, whatever uh, is existing, to retrain our doctors so that this way, you know, we can uh, help our farmers, we can help our coconut industry, and we will have a healthier citizenry? Yeah, well, so, yeah, well, it's a process. We're working on it. So, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get to that point and uh, and convince our own government that um, you know we should support uh, coconut industry and also take coconut oil and coconut products uh, because they are actually quite healthy. Sir, question about uh, uh, oils. Na sinasabi na they increase your cholesterol. Is that true? Um, actually, um, it's uh, it probably depends on the person, the and depends how long you've been taking it. Um, but first of all, the change in cholesterol level by itself does not necessarily mean that it's good or bad. Uh, in fact, the um, if you look at all the the information that we already have. Uh, you can have high cholesterol and be healthy, and you can have low cholesterol and have heart disease. So cholesterol levels are really not um, that important. Well, what is important about cholesterol is whether they're oxidized cholesterols or not. Uh, normally, we look at you know we look at the LDL and the HDL, and um, they've also uh, decided that LDL levels are. High LDL levels are are bad for you, which in fact is not completely correct either, because whether it's HDL or LDL, the level changes depending on age. So it's known, and in fact Ansel Keys knew this, that the the 200 milligram per deciliter cholesterol level is ideal for a 20-year-old person. As you age, that will increase uh, to about 260. And the increase is natural. And does that mean that you're unhealthy? And he knew this because, in fact, he had a number of papers in the 1950s where he documented the increase in cholesterol levels with age. But apparently, he forgot about his own results and <laughs> decided, and the, you know, the the 200 level um, 
the 200 milligram per deciliter uh, cholesterol level was in a way arbitrarily set. Um, and since it's ideal for a 20 year old, then you're almost guaranteed that older people will have higher than that level. But in fact, uh, there are also studies which show that old people <coughs> who have um, high LDL levels are healthier than those who have low LDL levels. Uh, there are a number of publications in, in Europe and even in the US where old people with low LDL levels are in fact um, also prone to heart disease and those with high LDL levels um, are not. So if I have a high cholesterol level above 200, I shouldn't be worried. And if my doctor says, uh, take statins, uh, should I uh, question his... Well, uh, um, <clears throat> well I think your, your doctor should um, study more about what statins uh, does to, uh, you know, to, to the metabolism of... Um, um, you know, the cholesterol metabolism. Uh, statins are designed for um, to block the um, synthesis of cholesterols at step one. But <clears throat> if you block that step, you also prevent the um, biosynthesis of many other bene very beneficial um, compounds, uh, such as, for example, vitamin D. Um, Statins also cause um, you know, weakness in the muscles because the, um, it blocks other um, metabolites which are needed by the body and which emanate from the same pathway. So um, statins don't, don't really, um, for the most part, um, improve your chances of avoiding heart disease. Um, <clears throat> the... Some calculations have been done on, on the effect of statins. And uh, in fact, what they found out is that the, chan the benefit uh, of statins for you know, a person with, with such a condition is only a few days. So you can take statins and um, you would probably live a few days longer than if you didn't take statins. Uh, in the meantime, you have a lot of um, side effects from statins, like um, uh, you know, weakening of the muscles and uh, other um, you know, um, deficiencies. I've been reading your book, Coconut Oil, From Diet to ter Therapy, which uh, you co-authored with your father. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was mentioned that uh, statins, uh, the real effect is the, the treatment of the inflammation. Well, that is what they call a um, <clears throat> an un unintended um, effect. Um, so they've also shown that statins actually can can be anti-inflammatory, and some of the beneficial effects of statins may in fact not be due to its you know blocking the cholesterol pathway, but because they have this um, um, unintended. Uh, in fact, it's a beneficial effect of being uh, anti-inflammatory. So would you say that uh, another drug that's uh, anti-inflammatory uh, can help uh, a person? Uh, certainly, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. is this the reason why uh, aspirin is... Uh, they, there are some studies that says that uh, aspirin is good for those with uh, potential for stroke. 
or heart well, related? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, certainly aspirin is its own uh, benefits. Um, I think the problem with aspirin is not to take it for such a long uh, time. Uh, but certainly aspirin is your classical non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agent. They're saying uh, low-dose uh, aspirin every day is good. Well, yeah, yeah that's for um, blood management. You, know. um, you mentioned in your book that uh, you suggest the uh, Food and Drug Administration to change the rules on uh, nutrition labeling uh, for, uh, for the food packages to indicate uh, delineation between saturated fat as in medium chain, long chain, and then uh, you also mentioned that trans fat, uh, although it should be zero in reality, uh, they allow a certain uh, percentage. Yeah, well, actually, that that was several years ago. Now, now they're they're cutting. They're really cutting down on on trans fats. Um, so the I think the old um, limit of 0.5 grams per 10 grams, I think, was, um, was I don't know if it's still um, being used. But uh, certainly th th there are, the classification of uh, fats is um, biased against, um, <clears throat> against you know, uh, say, for example, coconut oil. So they lump all saturated fats into one group. Um, but in fact, they can be divided into two groups. And um, well, we also know that polyunsaturated fats you can also you know, classify into um, into different um, types. I think recently you had a uh, tour of the U.S. Uh, regarding uh, coconut oil and the uh, VCO. Uh, can you tell us uh, more about uh, your experience? Well, th that tour was um, <clears throat> uh, supported by the Department of Trade and Industry. Um, this is to counter the the American Heart Association uh, advisory against uh, coconut oil. So um, most of the people in, in the group were really the, the it was um, a trade, a trade, um, a, um, a trade group, and I, I was the like the technical speaker, and uh, we um, met with <clears throat> with some of the um, the. Um, the um, commercial, you know, stores. We visited uh, supermarkets, <clears throat> and you could see that coconut oil was really on the upswing. Um, the number of products um, being sold, this would be in uh, health foods, um, was increasing, and so it's understandable that the, and in fact, that, that would be the reason why the American Heart Association announced the warning against coconut oil because. It was getting too popular, and the American public <coughs> uh, were, was not were not believing the uh, were believing the uh, medical profession less and less because they could see the contradictions in the in the advice that the the American Heart Association and Dietary Association were giving. Given the science uh, right now, the science uh, that has. Uh that has uh, come out in the journals re refuting no, uh, the key study or other studies against coconut oil. What is making it difficult uh, for the public to uh, support and use coconut oil? Um, <clears throat> well, unfortunately, 
um, they have more money. <laughs> so they um, fund more studies than we do. Um, so it, it's, it's not really a matter of who's, who has the right, you know, um, who has the right results, the, the right science. Uh, in this case, it's also who has the more money to fund more studies. And unfortunately, it's, it's the case is the latter that um, they fund more studies because they have more money. Is there an association, let's say uh, Indonesia, Philippines, the coconut growing countries, to fund a uh, study to support the well, well, use well, of coconut? Yeah. Well, in fact, the, uh, the, uh, the association, that, that the umbrella association of, um, <clears throat> of uh, coconut producing countries, uh, which is the international coconut community, is um, trying to get together more um, support to conduct uh, scientific studies on the, you know, the health benefits of coconut oil and to refute the, the claims of, um, of um, you know, against coconut oil. Um, but in fact, if you just do a careful reading <clears throat> and analysis of the scientific evidence that's already been published, you can already tell them that they've made a lot of mistakes. Um, but you know they they also control you know the the, um, the means of um, you know, announcing you know, the results. So, what can we do? We just wait? No, well, I think we just you know, um, keep on pushing. Um, you know, if, if if you know that what you're doing is the right thing and it's. Um, you have the right signs behind you. Um, yeah, just have to have, uh, you know, faith that you know it's it's gonna turn out, <laughs> turn out well in the end. You think this will happen in the next five years? Um, probably not, but um, we don't know. And uh, with that, uh, we thank uh, Dr. Toby Dairit uh, for enlightening us about. Uh, Coconut VCO. Well, we hope uh, you have been enlightened and uh, we hope you are critical. Find out for yourselves uh, what all this is about. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We would like to thank Dr. Armand Gedote and Dr. Toby Dairit for appearing on this episode of Pocket Lectures. The episode was edited by Francesco Amante with music from purple-planet.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our podcast episodes, visit our website, arete.ateneo.edu slash podcasts. Follow at Arete Ateneo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. This podcast episode is sponsored by Bookmark, 75 years of Filipino bookstore. <laughs>